I know that we just prayed, but I'd like to pray again and read a scripture out of Matthew uh, 16, 24 through 28. Okay, I see you, Caden. You're a good listener. Um, thank you, God, for uh, allowing us to be here together today and uh, to share in each other's uh, presence. And we thank you for uh, everything you've done for us. We pray you continue to do it. Uh, we pray that you would uh, speak to us today. I pray you would uh, speak through me. And um, I know, God, that none of us are uh, worthy of you, but you still uh, choose to abide with us and be with us. And we just thank you for bringing us together um, for everything that we've experienced together. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, in Matthew uh, 20, well, 16, 24 through 28, it says, And Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, uh, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? I'm sure we've heard this uh, verse a lot of times being in the church and just uh, going to church gatherings and um, time and time again, like you kind of relearn the same thing over and over again. And um, to me, when I read this uh, and, and I read when he says, uh, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Um, I remember uh, when I was young and just... Uh, when you're young, you kind of just, sometimes you throw your life away, right? I know that was uh, my own experience. Um, I was invited to the church when I was young. Uh, my mom used to talk to me about God all the time. And, and I just kind of thought I'd share a little bit about myself because uh, I don't think a lot of people know a lot about me, right? Um, I, there's some people in the room that I've known for a long time. And then there's others that uh, I, I really don't know that well. And so I thought I would share about me as I was uh, reading the scripture and we were talking about just the theme for, for the message was kind of uh, like new life and, and everything that happened with Easter and the resurrection. And so um, in my own life, you know, I was invited to the church when I was young. My mom, like I said, would talk to me about God. By the time I kind of thought that was like foolish, right? Like she would always talk to me about Jesus and, and God can do this for you and and I was like, I don't really see God doing this for anybody, so why would he do it for me, you know? And uh, we, we grew up kind of, I have four brothers and three sisters. Uh, one of my brothers used to come here. I don't know if you all knew that. Maybe by seeing me, you can kind of piece it together, but if you can't, I can't help you. <laughs> but one of my brothers used to come here, right? And uh, Adam invited me to the church probably uh, when they started meeting here, and at the time, we made the transition to another church, and so we were kind of like, you know, I don't think that we're going to uh, come here or whatever. Just nothing against anybody here, right? Just, uh, we were just kind of like, I don't, we were making a move, a church, you know, that we felt like God was calling us to, and we spent time over there, and uh, eventually we were like, you know, maybe it's not the place for us to be. So we ended up coming uh, more towards this area a couple years later, but 
So he invited me to the church uh, all that time ago, and I would always just kind of like, mm, I don't know. Not, like I said, nothing against him. I was just kind of like, I don't, I think, I feel like God's calling us somewhere else right now, so we need to address that. And so um, as, as, uh, as I got invited to the church, I kind of started uh, just thinking about it and, uh, and giving people a chance, I guess. Uh, not a lot of people invited me to church just because of the nature of the kind of individual that I was at the time. Um, I grew up in this area, and then I moved to, uh, like, South Oak Cliff area, and then we came back to this area. And I lived in the Rock neighborhood for a long time. I was there for majority of my life, right? And so I was in the Rock neighborhood. Uh, I started going to the Rock. Uh, people invited me to the Rock. I had community service, so I had to go to the Rock. And so at the time, that was like the thing to do, right? Everybody went, like, from all over, like, all the schools. So I was there. Um, I showed up, and they were like, hey, you need to, like, throw out the trash. And I was like, is that what people do here? Or you just throw out the trash? And uh, they started talking to me about God and, and, and Jesus and all those things. And, and at the time, again, I just thought it was really ridiculous, right? Um, I grew up rough, and so it was just like, you know, hey, well, God wants to save you, and I was like, save me? Like, what's he going to save me from? Or God wants to, like, help you, and I'm like, I don't, like I said, I was like, I don't really feel like God helps these people, right, or, or, or my own people, or the people that I grew up with. Um, you know, we grew up kind of fast and, and rough, and, and I had friends that, uh, that lost their lives right at a young age, and I just remember all those, like, events and all those things uh, kind of... Um, Really, really getting to me, and then thinking about all the things that they, they would talk to me about at the Rock and at church. And uh, I was invited to Bible studies, and I would go to these Bible studies because uh, they had food. And I was like, "That's that's good, right?" Like, uh, if you invite me somewhere, you're like, "Hey, we're gonna have like a hot meal." I'm probably gonna show up, right? <clears throat> I was there, so they were like, "Hey, we have food," and I was like, "I'll be there." And so I showed up, and, and friends of mine were like, what are you doing, like, going to church? And, and I was like, they have food, they have pizza. And so I would go and, um, and listen to the message, and I went for, I was probably uh, 13 years old when I, when I first started going. And it really did not, um, like, make sense until I was, like, maybe, like, 17 years old. And... Uh, and at the time, it just everything started like getting pieced together, and um, and I realized that it was it was a question that, that needed to be answered. You know, it was something that needed to be addressed. And so, um, as God calls for your life, it's not just like a friendly request. Even you know, it's all like God wants your life, and like I said, you're 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 basically like giving your life away to something, right? And every single day we're waking up and we're making a choice, like, what we're going to devote our lives to. And little things, right? It doesn't just happen, like, overnight. Every day we wake up and we choose something. And eventually that, that, becomes, that becomes, like, the trajectory of our lives. And that becomes what our whole lives are about. Um, family, um, whatever, right? Uh, a list of, of things that you can choose. Um, I, I choose to live, like, Every day, you know, to, to, to try to serve others and to try to serve my family, you know. I, I've seen a lot of people in, in churches and, and just in, in religious uh, activities, I guess, that you would say that neglect families 
in, in, in their pursuit of God. And I don't really necessarily think that's like 100% like biblical, right? I feel like the, the scriptures teach you that you should love your family first, which that's hard enough to do, right? <laughs> and then you love others. And some of us, like, a lot of problems that we have in our lives stem from family, right? And so the whole, just that God tells us to love our families first and then kind of work our way around that, that's good uh, good practice, right, <laughs> to go on to love, love the world. And so, um, you know, when I got saved, uh, it completely changed everything, right? It was just like um, I got saved, uh, my brother got saved. It was like, you know, like a domino effect. And um, we all started going to church, and we all started uh, trying our best to serve God. And, uh, and that's why I, I care about the rock myself, right, because I know that the rock was there for me in, in my time of need and when I was young, and, and I worked there for a long time. After I, I uh, started following God, uh, I thought, you know, God, God wants me to give back, and, and if I can help these kids the way that somebody helped me, I think that's, that's a, good, a good thing to do. And so I spent a couple years there uh, working with at-risk youth and at-risk adults, and uh, I have a lot of, like, funny stories about all that, um, just uh, being attacked by kids, um, just whatever you could think of, a lot of things happened, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It really was. Um, that was probably, like, one of the funnest things that I got to do, and because I felt like that's what God was asking of me at the time was to, to help these kids in, in an age where we're where you really don't listen to nobody, whether you're, well, I, I worked with adults as well, but I really liked working with the kids because I feel like they were like in, in their years where they were kind of forming their lives and really deciding who they wanted to be. And I was like, if you can decide now who you want to be and if you can decide now um, the purpose that God has for you, like the rest of your life will be a little better, right? You'll, you'll have a vision, you'll, you'll kind of know what's going on. And uh, whatever, uh, whatever things happen, whatever things try to throw you off the path, like you, you kind of try to stay focused on, on what God wants for you. And, and, um, and that's why I personally care about The Rock. I was there for, for many years, and I was in charge of a lot of the youth programs. And, and uh, that's where I came to know God. And so, um, and I know that we're all very busy people. I know that we all have a, Real things going on in our lives, right? Like I said, uh, problems, families. I threw this in there for some of us. I don't know who it's for, but whatever. It says uh, some of those are all in the same for us, right? Families, problems, the same. Um, and we have to ask ourselves, though, as we're living our lives and as we're um, moving forward, how can we be disciples of Jesus in the midst of that, right? Um, how can we take up our cross and follow him? In, in the daily activities of life, right? Uh, what is the, the price we pay and what is the cost of following Jesus? Um, it, it's not a small price. It, it, it requires your whole life. Uh, can we make time for our neighbors? Can we make time for our community? Uh, Jesus cares about those things, um, right? We walk out the door, neighbor waves at you, you don't wave back. I'm not saying like that's, like something God's going to hold against you, but I'm just saying, like, uh, people see us and they go, you know, these are the people that, that, 
the people of God, right? These are the people that they, they go to church, they they uh, they claim to know God, and and since we don't live up to that standard, right? We're we're human beings, so we're gonna mess up. But we should still try every day to uh, to to deny ourselves and to take up the cross, whatever that looks like for all of us. Uh, it looks different, right? Whatever that looks like for me looks different for you. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily look the same, and. So we can't just look at it from like an outside view. We have to ask ourselves, what is God demanding of me? Um, and this is the life of the disciple of Jesus, right? Just a daily struggle of uh, ourselves and, and others, right? And, and what can we do for the sake of others? What can we do uh, to help others, to lift others up, to, to bring them closer to their purpose? Uh, and we're constantly just like being drawn in so many directions, right? Uh, we live in a world where everything is just being, like, tossed our way. Right? Sometimes you even have thoughts, and you open up your phone, and somehow, like, the phone knows what you were thinking. It's kind of weird, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but there's so many things that just want our time, want our, our, our attention, um, and we have to be uh, wise about that. And so why not give our whole lives to, to the kingdom of God? Um, if, if everyday little things are chipping away at our lives and, and we're fading away, literally, right? <laughs> uh, why not give like our whole lives uh, to his kingdom, uh, to his people and for his people so that others may uh, come to know what we have come to know, right? It, it completely changed my life uh, to know Jesus and, and to know about God. And to know that I didn't have to live a life of, of death, that I, I could choose a life uh, of freedom and, and forgiveness. And, uh, because I lived my whole life uh, uh, up until that point just like thinking that it was okay to hurt others, that it was okay to, to treat others like, like garbage and, uh, and, and to not care about others. And, and so when God was like, you know, I care about you, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of inconvenient, right? Like, <laughs> Now I have to uh, do the same for people. And, and so um, I'm just up here uh, to remind us, you know, that no matter who the person is, uh, no matter what the situation is, I mean, we ask ourselves, like, what does God want us to do in that situation? How can we bring new life in that? And, and how can we uh, just continue to be uh, better disciples of Jesus and, and all that he's asked of us to do? Um, I'm going to pray, if that's okay, and uh, that's, that's all I have. Uh. God, we just thank you uh, for bringing us here today, and we pray that you help us to uh, reflect on um, what was spoken, and uh, help me to be a better disciple as well, God. I know that um, every day we try and every day we fail, but help us to be better, help us to do better, um, and help us to consider one another. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Isaac, for sharing that story and for reminding us about new life. I really liked that. Um, uh, and just reminding us that we are still in Easter. You know, you kind of think Easter's a holiday. We had Easter. It's over. But one of the best parts about following Jesus is... Our whole life is Easter, and we get to always tap into that, tap, not just the emotions of Easter morning, but just the reality that we get to live on this side of that. Um, 
I'm going to share with you um, another passage and some, some more questions in just a moment. But um, I would like for us to, as a church, we've been reading out the Book of Common Prayer um, prayers for each um, Sunday of Easter, even though we're meeting on Saturday. And so we are going to look at the third Sunday of Easter, and you can see it up here. And so, church, if you would like to read this um, with me. O God, whose blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread, open the eyes of our faith, that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So, um... In just a moment, I'm going to read the passage of the Great Commission. So we think about, we're celebrating Easter, we're, we're meditating on the words of Jesus, and then at some point, Jesus is going to physically leave the disciples, and so he's going to give him the parting words. Um, it, we don't know if it's really, it's not really the, maybe the last thing he says to him, to them, but it's... Um, like that last speech. And so what it was really making me think about, because I'm a high school teacher, and I actually work with kids writing speeches, and um, a student of mine is writing the valid Victorian speech um, at my school that I teach at, and I'm not really helping her write her speech, but we did talk about ideas. And I was just thinking about this idea of when you're giving a speech, a goodbye speech, when somebody retires and you're saying, this, I want to sum up everything into one thing. And you got to get all the good parts. But there's no way to get all the good parts. When somebody wants to write a graduation speech that's so fascinating that everybody will be talking about it at the 20-year high school reunion. And it's like impossible to do, right? Because I don't know how many graduations you'll have been to, but I've been to at least 20 in just the years I've been teaching. And uh, I don't remember very many of them. Um, but every now and then... There's one that just like really sticks with you, like somebody taps into something that resonates with me. And that's probably going to be different for different people. And I was just thinking about this um, as Jesus was sharing the Great Commission with the disciples. I'm sure, uh, you know, it's really, it's, it's impossible for us to get into the mind of Jesus, but we have to recognize that he was living with them. He knew the time was short and he knows that. These words really matter, um, whatever he says to the, to the disciples. And there's no way to really sum up everything into a nice short little paragraph. Um, but in Matthew, we get the Great Commission. Um, that's a passage that we've heard many times. So I'm going to go ahead and read through that, and you'll see it <coughs> up on the screen as well. So now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always." To the end of the age. And so if we just can leave that passage up there, I want to um, kind of talk about a few of these things because I think like any other great speech, maybe you've heard it so many times 
that you kind of forget like how impactful this was for the disciples and the power of these words. Um, you know, think about all the life the disciples had lived with Jesus and just the crucifixion, Easter, the roller coaster of emotion, so to speak. And, um, and then they're getting these words and this is like the, this is what I want, this is, this is what I'm leaving you with. Um, and it could never say all the things that they did. Um, but I love that it said, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. Because we see in the other scripture, in this the part of the gospels before this, people were not always worshiping Jesus as God. So we see that distinction here. And I'm sure there's a whole sermon on that. I'm not going to get into that. But I really like that the very next thing was, but some doubted. And so last week, Adam had talked about, um, he said, if I don't read it, I'm going to mess it up. He said, the doubters, deniers, worriers, and wonders, wonderers, we're all welcome, but dare not disengage. Um, that Jesus welcomed the doubters. Hey, fill my hands. Um, and that that kind of just follows right there with worship. And it could totally be that some of these doubters were worshiping him and then still doubting. And I know that those doubts... I mean, these are people that lived right through this. These are some people that, like, saw him die and then be alive again, and they doubted. So it kind of gives us grace a little bit to not, um, to kind of be able to have that open discussion about doubt. Um, but the one part of this that's really sticking out to me right now is the go therefore, in verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So I think this is the part that we hear, and we all kind of have a different interpretation about what does that mean? What did Jesus mean when he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations? Um, and maybe what it didn't mean, I'm going to focus more on what it meant. Um, but I will say, he didn't say, and make believers, although belief maybe is part of being a disciple, um, he certainly didn't use the word Christian there, which they didn't really use anyway. Um, but I think sometimes we forget what a disciple really was. So I want you just to really use your imagination here. Y'all know me. I'm always about, like, just imagine. I think the Holy Spirit, God gave us an imagination, and the Holy Spirit really works through allowing us to flex that part of our brain. Um, how did the disciples hear that word disciples? What did they think? I can only think that they were like, well, I'm a disciple. And what did I do with Jesus? What did Jesus show me? Well, they ate a lot of meals together. They ate a lot of fish, I think. Comes up a lot. They ate bread. They had the Last Supper. They had communion. Um, they slept. They walked a lot. They saw him wash feet. They talked. They asked questions. There might have been arguments. I mean, we know from the scriptures that there were arguments. Um, there was a lot of healing and doing really uncomfortable things. There was a lot of ordinary stuff and really extraordinary things. 
people being raised from the dead, Jesus going and sitting down next to a woman at the well, which was truly shocking, even to the disciples, that he did that. And I've spoken on that before. That's a story that just, like, always sticks to my heart. Um, Dallas Willard, actually, he wrote a book called The Great Omission, where he talks a little bit about this. And I haven't read that whole book, just so this isn't, like, a plug for that book or anything. Um, But he and several other people have written books about how in today's world, sometimes we want to read into the Great Commission about what that means to go and make disciples, forcing people to do church like how we do church, um, to make their life look like our life. Like you've been living this life, but to be a disciple, you really got to do things our way. And I just can't think that the disciples heard it that way, um, nor did they live it out in the early church. And so making disciples of all nations, uh, observe all that I have commanded you. Um, One of the things I did um, early on uh, as an adult Christian when I was just kind of like, wow, it seems like there's some contradictions in this Bible, and I don't even know if I can say that out loud. Um, But something that somebody a lot with more wisdom than me just said, Ask the questions, but, like, don't just ask them and be like, ha, you can't answer. You know, sometimes it takes a really long time to understand something that seems like it doesn't make sense. I mean, I teach high school math, so this is like my whole life of, it doesn't, it takes a lot of time to understand trigonometry. It doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't mean you can't learn it. But one thing this person told me was just read the red letters I'm not saying only the red letters and what I'm, let's see if I can do this with two hands. I'm not saying only the red letter in the Bible are important, but those are the words of Jesus if you have a Bible like this. And those are the words Jesus spoke. It's a great start if you haven't read the Bible. If you don't really know what Jesus said, if you're like, well, what is important? Um, Read the red letters. It's a great place to start. Um, we know that Jesus talked about loving God and loving neighbors. So that's why those two things are really critical in the core practices of this church. Um, We don't profess to understand everything 100%, but those are things we know we're convicted to do. And then the last thing we are going to, you're probably reading these questions, and that's good. Um, But the last thing before we really look at these questions, I want you to think about is... All the people who heard the Great Commission, the disciples who heard it for the first time, the people who heard it from the disciples secondhand, and they were like, well, what was like one of the last things Jesus said to you? And um, they're like, this is what he said. And then that's how we get the Bible, you know? Um, And then maybe the first time you heard this, maybe the first time you read the Bible, Maybe the first time you read the Bible to a child or an adult who had never read the Bible before. Um, I think looking at things with fresh eyes is, is always nice. Um, it's really hard for us to put ourselves back in that time and place, but I really want you to try. Um, I'm going to read the passage just one more time, and then we're just going to kind of have, have some time to reflect on these questions. 
So now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain in which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so let's just have some time to think about these questions. If you were one of the disciples, what would you have thought and felt? Try to place yourself into their sandals, so to speak. What would have been your next steps as a disciple? How would you have interpreted it? And then how does this, how do these words, how does this great commission direct me today? I just pray that we would just live our life and that every day is Easter, that we never forget and it never becomes stale and that we would hear your words, um, sometimes fresh and new, um, that as a community, we would keep reminding each other of the cross, um, the resurrection our church, making disciples, being a disciple, and that you would guide us as to what that means for our church here today in this neighborhood and what it means individually in our own lives. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you guide us um, and give us direction when we're lost. We thank you for all the words and works that we can look towards when we're not really sure what to do. And we thank you for this community of disciples that help us when we're lost or not sure um, or afraid. In Jesus' strong name we pray. Amen. The stone has been rolled. The grave cloths have been folded. The promise has been made. He is with us until the end. And he will send us a helper. So now remember what he has told you. All authority in heaven and on earth is his. Go from here, keeping the faith and following the way, the truth, and the life, inviting others to come along with you. Go in peace.